This last fall, I got notification that uh, it was that time to renew my driver's license. And as a part of it, of course, across the, uh, across the whole United States, we are upping our levels on our driver's license. There's a difference between a driver's license and a real ID that tells me I'm real. So I had to spend a lot of time searching for documents that proved that I'm real. Uh, apparently, it, unless I can uh, find a bunch of documents, I am just pretend. Uh, those things that identify me, a birth certificate, a social security card, uh, a bill that shows that I live in a certain place. Uh, the list could go on, I suppose, uh, in, in many ways. Uh, a list to identify me. Imagine for a moment you go to uh, a, a party. Uh, it requires a lot of imagination these days because a lot of us haven't been to parties in a really long time, except on Zoom. But imagine that you go to a party, and it's a party thrown by a friend, a vague acquaintance, and you don't know very many people there. And so as you're walking around with some kind of drink in your hand and some kind of snack in your other hand, you're introducing yourself. People are asking who you are. How do you answer that question? How do you answer who are you? What's your identity? Well, I can tell you right off the bat, I, I usually start with my name. And oftentimes, I simplify it. I don't say all three names, James Edward Henry. I'm named, the James and the Edward are after both of my, both my maternal grandfather, my middle name, Edward, and my maternal step-grandfather, James. So James Edward is from my maternal side of the family. I might tell that story depending upon how much detail you want. When you, but if you're at a lot of parties, people don't want that information. They ask your name and what you do for a living because that's your identifier. And I want to tell you that I can clam any conversation with me up immediately by telling them what I do. I'm a pastor. Well, immediately, we've got to clean up our language. If they've said anything to me that involves any kind of curse word whatsoever, even dang, they have to say to me, oh, I'm really sorry, Pastor. If I'd known you were a pastor, I would have talked to you in a different kind of way. And it's like, why? <laughs> Do you think God didn't hear you when you were talking to Bob the bartender? I mean, come on. It doesn't really, does it matter? Does it matter? But... To some of us, it does. The identifier, what do I do? I'm a pastor, I'm a director, I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a policeman, a garbage collector, a sanitation engineer. I'm retired. I, uh, I work at McDonald's. You know, I'm in food service. You know, whatever it happens to be, we've got all these identifiers. Well, Paul starts off this letter that we're going to begin studying together today with some things that we need to recognize, perhaps about ourselves, about God, but particularly about identity. So I'm going to start, we're, uh, we're in the book of Ephesians for the foreseeable future. I thought it was four weeks, I don't know. We could be, it could be six weeks, it could be that next week I read the second chapter and say, oh no, we're not talking about that. So, you know, it could be one week, so just be prepared for this, uh, this reading, could be the first, could be the last. 
We'll see. Ephesians chapter 1 begins this way. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now right there, Paul has identified himself. We're going to read a little bit further in a minute, but I want you to hear the identifier. Letters, unlike letters today, today you sign your letter at the very end, sincerely, James, or whoever you happen to be. At the beginning of a letter, you know, 20 centuries ago, they would have begun with who's, who's writing to you. So you can decide whether you want to read it anymore. Oh, this is from, this is from Paul. <laughs> Not reading for him. Uh, you could decide right up front who was writing to you. And Paul identifies himself in this way. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. By the will of God. An apostle by the will of God. Now, when I think about what identifies us, it is whoever God made us to be. That's our identity. That's the only thing that really matters. Not the title you hang on yourself, not how big your office is or your cubicle is or how fast your computer is or your title, job title or family title uh, or any of those kinds of things. You, who you are, is more than titles hung on you. Recently, I was cleaning up the guest bedroom, uh, cleaning out the closet, because when Linda was going to come home from the hospital, we wanted her to have a space on the first floor where she didn't have to leave the floor, so everything would be ready and completely uh, simple in case she wouldn't be able to go up and down the stairs. There was going to be some questions about all of that in the beginning. So I cleaned out the closet. I discovered that in the bottom of the closet were all these framed documents, one of them was my, uh, my degree from the University of Virginia. Another was my degree, you know, my master's degree that says I'm supposed, I can be a pastor because I've got a master of divinity. You know, there you go. I have mastered divinity. God's got nothing on me, apparently. So, uh, you know, a master of divinity. I found uh, my ordination papers, you know, when the bishop told me I could have authority to preach the word of God and to do the sacraments that we're going to do today, baptism, communion, those kinds of things, and to keep order. I fail at that part a lot, but that's uh, all of the things I was... And these documents are supposed to tell me who I am, but by God's will, I'm more than any of those pieces of paper. I'm more than the real ID I now carry in my wallet. I can only be identified by the love of God. That's the core of who I am. It's the core of who all of you are, too. Now, you may not know it. That is the challenge of a lifetime, is learning to recognize the love of God is already in you, working on you through the power that we call the Spirit. The Spirit is at work within us, bringing out the true identity that is at the core of us. And the true identity recognizes that God looks at us through eyes that only see love and grace and mercy. God sees us through eyes that we need to learn to see ourselves with. Now think about it. When we think about identities and the struggle in the world, most of our identifiers identify us over and against somebody else. We identify with a political party. 
And then immediately, if I introduce myself at a gathering as a member of some political party, it either leads to someone saying ugly things to me or saying, hey, finally, I've met another person who agrees. So, you know, I try to not get into those things in most parties or to say I'm simply an anarchist or I don't believe in government, or I pretend any, anything else to just stir up a conversation. Because I just find that these identifiers are different. But if my only identifier is love, then it doesn't really matter all those other labels. Because all I want to see in that other person, they can identify themselves as Republican or Democratic, uh, conservative or liberal, progressive, moderate, they can speak of any economic system they're involved in. I'm a capitalist, I'm a communist, I'm a socialist. You know, whatever it, uh, you know, I'm a barterist. <laughs> whatever it happens to be, all I hear is in my filter of love is another human being that's there that has chosen to attach some titles to themselves that ultimately have absolutely no idea or no real connection to who they are as a person. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're somewhere in between or over on the edges. I don't care about any of those things. Are you living the love of Jesus Christ? Because Paul recognizes, right in the beginning, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. That's it. That's all I got. Whoever I am, I am that person by the will of God. Now, you can pretend to be somebody else. And perhaps if you're pretending to be somebody else, you're outside of the will of God. But guess what? You can never be outside of the love of God. You can never be outside of the love of God. Why? Because God is love. How do you get outside of that? How do you get outside of this flow? You can push against it, Imagining you can stop the river. Now, I want to encourage you, if you have any big rivers near you, whatever it happens to be, I want you to wade out into the middle of it. Put your hand up and see how well you do at stopping the river from flowing around your fingers, past your hand, past your body, and just continuing to go. You cannot stop the love of God. You can thwart, perhaps, for you, living out the person God called you to be. Are you being loving? Are you reflecting that love? Are you, being, are you seeing with the same eyes that God sees? The eyes of hope, of love, of mercy, of grace? Are you looking with those eyes? Because that's the eyes that God sees you with. It goes on to say something that I find very powerful. In verse 4, Paul says, and it, there were no verses, this was a letter. How many of you number the sentences in the letters you write to your friends? You know, none of you. We added numbers so we could find things easier. But in verse 4, a number, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. When were you chosen? Before it all began. Now, depending, that's somewhere between 5,000 
and 17 billion years. If you believe in the Big Bang, God was behind the whole thing, whatever, God has been waiting for you and has chosen you 17 billion years ago, before there was a you, before there was even a thought of you, before there was even an earth, before there were even people, because there wasn't an earth for there to be people on. Before all of that, God chose you before the foundations of the earth. Now, if that's not a good feeling for you, if you don't recognize that that must be love, then you're missing something. And what you're missing is that from the beginning, from before you were born, you were loved. Paul reveals just a little bit of God's intention in this letter too. Because in Christ, God has a plan for the fullness of time. This is the plan. To gather up all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. That's God's intention, to gather us all up. Now, don't you want to be working for that? Don't you want your identity to be sharing this love that transforms not only you, but everyone you meet? And whether you realize it or not, the very fabric of the universe is transformed by the love you put out. You hold a unique place that nobody else can hold. That's your identity. There will never be, nor has there ever been, another you. God made you for a specific purpose, to love in a unique way that fits you and you alone. Are you doing it? Are you living into it? Are you letting love flow through you, recognizing that what God wants to do is gather it all up? Are there some things that when you look at them, you say, I don't want you to gather that up, God. Can we just leave that behind? I'm not very fond of that thing or those people. Because if I read Paul correctly, Paul says all things in heaven and earth. God wants to gather it all up. So no matter who you meet, no matter what party they're from, no matter how much education they have or don't, no matter what the color of their skin or their religion, religious background or lack thereof, God somehow wants to gather them up. Now, if you meet someone that God wants to gather up, don't you want to recognize the gathering? Oh, look, that's somebody God wants to gather up. I want to be near that person, as challenging as they are. Because God wants to gather it all up, us too. God chose us to be a part of this plan, to help deliver on God's intention to gather us all up. We'd like to be a select few. I know that the idea of a remnant, a couple of us, oh, it's kind of good if you're the insider and everybody else is the outsider. But God really, really wants to gather them all up. Everyone. And I want to be a part of making that happen. I want to be a part of making that happen. I want to help God gather up. And you know how I'm going to do that? Not by pointing my finger at people. <laughs> and deciding who's in and who's out, but by loving everyone I encounter and everything I encounter. I want to love the thing, 
the things God loves and the people God loves. I want to. I fail. Let's be honest, I fail. More often than I want to admit. Now, identity is important for us today, and part of the reason why identity is really important for us today is we're recognizing as a part of our worship experience an identity. We are recognizing today as a part of baptism Galen Adriel's identity. We are recognizing who he is. He is infinitely precious and unconditionally loved by God. God wants to make him a part of the family. God wants to gather him up when he's gathering everything else up. And we get to be a part of claiming that for him. We do it with some water, but somehow in the midst of all of that water that we use, God says, Galen's mine, just like all of you are mine. I chose you. I chose you before the beginning of time. I chose Galen before the beginning of time, before there was a Galen, before James met Megan and had the, even the possibility of a Galen. Before all of that, God chose him just like you. That's a gift. That's who you are. Paul never forgets. He's an apostle of Christ Jesus only by the will of God. You are you by the will of God. Galen is Galen, unique as he is, holding his spot in the universe. Don't ever cross your arms when you have that wonderful microphone there. God chose him before the beginning of time.